Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. The title of my talk today is Dreams Are Dangerous. Look to your neighbor or yourself and just say, Dreams are dangerous. Dreams are dangerous. So as you guys take a seat, we're going to talk about that. The scripture says this in Genesis 37.5. It says, Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask you to come in this place because dreams are dangerous. And God, if you've given us a dream, if you've spoken to our heart, if it's a God-given dream, we ask that you would speak to us, move in us, guide us, provide for us, give us discernment as we move forward. In your name we pray. Amen. Dreams are dangerous. So there's this, uh, this interesting perspective that I want to bring to you today. And, and by the way, welcome to Coin Church. Welcome to Coin Church. This is my beautiful bride, Pastor Kelly. I'm Pastor Sammy. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for coming. Thank you for just, just being here. But I just want to speak to you for a moment because we've been talking about what it, what it looked like in the Old Testament for Abraham. And then Abraham had, had sons, Ishmael and Isaac, and then Isaac. And then Isaac had two sons, Esau. And then Isaac had sons, Esau and Jacob, and then Jacob had a son, a lot of sons. But one of them's name was Joseph. I want to talk to you guys about Joseph for the next coming weeks. We're going to go chronological, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 45 of those chapters in Genesis. And we're going to talk about his story. We're going to look into what happened in Joseph's life. But before we do that, it's almost like, like the pilot. Today, I want to talk to you kind of big picture about this man named Joseph. And again, Genesis 37, 5, just this one verse, it says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. In other words, just because you got a dream or a good idea doesn't mean people are going to fund you. Just because you have a good dream or you have a big dream and it's an amazing dream doesn't mean that people are going to get behind you. There might be people in your life that can't stand you because of your dream. Because you have something about you that you want to move forward. This message is really for someone who has a God-given dream. Because there's a difference between your dream and a dream from God. Notice in the text, really briefly, we're going to talk about it, that God gave Joseph a dream. Joseph didn't have a dream to begin with. God gave him a dream. And so then all of this interesting stuff started happening, but his brothers hated him all the more. That tells me in the text that he was already hated by his brothers. He had many older brothers, some of them to which if I were to, to quote and say, you, you might have heard their patriarchs in the tribes of Israel, Judah, Simon, Simeon, Reuben. There's a bunch of different names, but Joseph is one of the younger brothers. I want to talk to you about it from an unusual perspective. Dreams are dangerous, right? So... I was in high school, I grew up in the church, and again, I'm just sharing this because there might be some new people in the space. And I had this dream when I was younger, more so like high school, I was a water polo swimmer. And I thought, because I saw the movie with Ashton Kutcher, that I could be a rescue swimmer one day. I said, man, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna jump in the, from the planes, and I'm gonna go in the water, and I'm gonna swim, because I'm a swimmer, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna work really hard, I'm gonna save people, but I knew it was dangerous. 
and I was like, I'm going to join the Navy, and I don't know, I know my parents are going to like that, but I want to do it, right? And then I realized there were guys on my swim team that were a lot faster than me, way faster. And then I was like, you know what, it just might not work because I probably should be the fastest guy in the pool. And I just decided, ah, it's not going to work for me. So then I switched my dream to, well, you know what, I'll play water polo at, in college. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll try really hard. I don't know if you guys knew this growing up, like you want to be an athlete or, you know, you want to be like a professional baseball player. That's all great. Strive for it, push for it. But I just realized I had a lot of inadequacies in regards to water polo. There was a lot, already a lot of guys that had been doing it a lot longer than me. So I just decided, nah, I'm going to let that, let that fizzle out. But there's a school that's like not D1 or D2. It's like, I don't know, D7. And there's a possibility I could get into that school. But I'll never forget when I was a junior in high school, I started going to a church. It was my own church. It wasn't my parents' church. It was my parents' faith. It was my own faith. And I decided to drive all the way to Corona and I was going to church. And the pastor gave a message on giving God your first fruits. Just giving Him your first and my older brother, I have three older brothers, so sometimes I feel like I can recollect with Joseph. I was the younger of, of many brothers. And my brothers were already kind of doing their thing. They went to college, and so I know, ah, I got to go to college. I'll do that too. And I just realized that, okay, I want to give God my first year of college because one of my brothers went to Bible school, and I realized that God was blessing him. <laughs> True story. So I thought, if I give God my my first couple years of college, he'll bless me. Really like immature thinking, but to be honest, he has. But I, I wanted just the blessing. I didn't want anything else that God had in store for my life. So I said, I'm going to go to that school in Springfield, Missouri. It was just a Bible school. People that are, have preaching degrees, you know, discipleship degrees, evangelism degrees, all type of degrees just for the Bible. And I remember I went and I had no idea why I was there. People would come up to me and say, what are you called to? And I was like, I want to do sports medicine because I love, like, I love sports. So, you know, I, I'm not as good. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll help people because I like helping people. And maybe, who knows, maybe I could do it for like professional teams. I'll go on the, I was, then I started figuring out like there was guys that would go on like basketball teams and travel with the team. They were like the physical therapist guy. So I was like, I'm going to do that. So me and my brother decided as we were looking at all my classes, what I would need to do to go to a particular school. So one, I could still play water polo and two, I can get my degree in kinesiology. Okay. I know you guys are like, we don't want to hear about your story, but I'm going somewhere with this. So I remember walking around in chapel and I was praying and then I just, I got like fell into a moment. I fell into a moment with God. And I'll never forget, I was like crying right in front of the stage and everything was done and I knew I needed to go to class and I, and I really just, I just knew. I just knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. And the first thing, I'll be honest with you, the first thing that I thought was, man, I got to give up that house on the beach. I love the water. Laguna Beach, Corona Del Mar, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach. I wanted Dana, Dana Point. I wanted to be right there on the beach, just close to the beach. So I was like, what do I have to do? I'll get an education and I'll just go for it. Maybe I could be on a professional athlete team and I can make good money. And I don't know what it is, but I remember the first time that I knew that God was calling me to this, I felt like, man, I, I got to give up. Like, I don't know how much I'm going to, I don't know what that's going to look like financially. But I went because I wanted a blessing. And God did something in that dream. I'll be honest with you. When I first got the dream and to where I'm at now, I'm still like walking in it. It's a lot different. It's way different. 
So I'm learning a lot of times that the dream we start with, that dream will show up later in our life in a different dimension. We may not be able to recognize it. We may not be able to understand it, able to fathom it. It doesn't look like we thought it looked in our mind's eye. But that dream was the original dream. It just changed. It was different. The Bible says that Joseph's brothers hated him all the more. Why didn't they like him? What was it about him that they didn't like? Well, to just give you like a, a quick little understanding of Joseph's life, Joseph had a mom named Rachel. Rachel was the pretty one. Scripture says, not me. She was the beautiful one. And then Joseph also, his dad married another woman. This is Bible time. So there's two wives that Joseph married. One was Leah, one was Rachel. Rachel was the pretty one that, Joseph, that Jacob loved, Joseph's father loved. The other one, Leah, he didn't really like, but he had kids with. Those were the, the mom's sons. Okay, so Joseph's walking around and all his other brothers come from the other mom to which the dad didn't really like that much. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So just biologically, from a biological perspective, Joseph was different. We can argue whether it was wise of Joseph to share his dream with his brothers. I'll be honest with you. There is such a thing as posting too much of your dream, of sharing too much. There is such a dream of flaunting it too much. Thinking that everybody else wants to hear what God put on your heart. There's such a thing as that. So we can argue whether Joseph should have had like a, a notebook. And instead of telling his brothers, hey, you know, you guys are going to do all this for me. And I know I'm your younger brother and I know you already don't like me. And then there was another reason why they didn't like him. The father loved Joseph more than all the other ones. Why? Because she came from Rachel, who he loved. And so the father gives him a coat. I don't know if you've ever been to Bible school. It was a coat of many colors. We'll call it a Gucci coat. Okay? The dad has said, hey, Joseph, there's just something different about you. I love you. I have favor over you. So here's this Gucci coat. And the thing with Joseph is he flaunted it. He wore it everywhere. So the brothers hated him for what he wore, hated him for who he was. He couldn't even change the fact that he was born from a different mother. They hated him for it. They couldn't stand him. They didn't like how he looked. They didn't like how he talked. They didn't like how he walked. And my, my first really and only point is a dream makes you different. I'm going to talk about this really for the remainder of this time. A dream will make you different if it's a God-given dream. It can also be your own dream, that's fine. But I have found that when the scripture says that, what gain is it a man, what good is it for a man to, to, to try and do everything he can in this earth, try to fight for himself and do his own thing and try to make all the money and try to have all the girls or try to do whatever you want and then lose your soul in the midst of all of it. What, what gain is it? What good is it to gain the world and lose your soul? So, I'm talking about people in this room. You might have a God-given dream. Maybe he's, he's putting it in your mind right now. Maybe he's already spoken it to you. A God-given dream. You see, Joseph was different because of his mother, the mother that was loved more, the pretty one that his dad really liked. Joseph was the first son from Jacob's favorite wife, so he treated him special. And here's the thing. We hate you because you're different. That's what the brothers would say. I've learned this and I'm learning this, okay? I haven't found myself on the other side of what it looks like to understand the true dream of God. I've learned this, though, about culture. People accept what is the same, but they eventually respect what is different. 
You might have missed it, so I'm going to say it again. People will accept in culture what is the same. It looks cool on TikTok. It looks cool on Instagram. All of my, my friends that are married that have kids are doing it. it just, it's just how it is. It's, I'm going to do it because the culture is saying to do it. So it, 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 people accept what is the same, but they eventually respect what is different. And then people will eventually come around and respect what stands out. So there's a lonely space of culture that you might find yourself in when you have a God-given dream and when you're different. There's people in the room right now. For some reason, you're just different. You heard that song? <laughs> right? I'm different. I had, oh, this is a side note, okay? <laughs> in Bible school, this is how corny we got. There was a buddy of mine, his name's Derek Perry. I love you, Derek, if you hear this. And he would sing that song. And it's cussing, cuss words, all the stuff in Bible school. So he would say, I kid you not, I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. And he would say this, really corny. Pull up to the scene with my Bible open. And I never forget, I was like, Derek, I'm from California. And this guy's from Indiana. And I'm like, bro, please don't say that anywhere around me. But the song rings true. There's something about having a dream that comes from God that will make you different. Joseph was just different. Everywhere he went, he decided that he wasn't going to take his coat off for culture. What happens to most of us is the moment we start to realize our distinctives, our unique abilities, the thing that God has ingrained in you, He's made you stick out for some reason, you have a particular personality, you're more extroverted or you're more introverted, you have more feelings or you have more logic. Everything that has happened in your life up to this point, I want to remind you, God knows and He's using. He's created you different and distinctive in your unique abilities and He will use that for His purpose. The scripture says that God will give you the desires of your heart. But what happens is you have to read a little bit deeper. The more that you align with God, you can have my heart, you can have my heart, you can have my heart, God. The more you do that, the more you sing that, the more you walk in that, the more you act in that, the more you read in that, the more you understand that, God begins to shift your heart and He aligns your heart with His. So your dreams that started out for you might be different down the road for him. It should be when it's a God-given dream. Joseph was a guy who was proud to wear his coat anyway. I wonder if there's people in the room that you just don't care what people think. You walk around with your coat and you don't care. Your brothers make fun of you. Your sisters make fun of you, your friends, your mom and dad don't understand you, but you just walk around and you understand this is how God made me, this is how He crafted me, this is who I am, I don't care what you say about who I am, I'm confident in who I am. The thing about Joseph, we can look into, I would argue he had a lot of pride. He was 17 years old and he got a dream. And here was the dream, kind of confusing. There was all these sheaves, meaning like grain, that were piled up and it kind of added up to his brothers. And then his brother's sheaves were like, like, like bent over. His was upright. And, and so he said, brothers, you guys are going to bow down to me one day. Who does that? Probably should have had a journal, right? He got this dream though. And then he has another dream and now his parents are included in it with the stars. And he just thinks he's just going to be led by the stars and there's all these things going on. And so he's this 17-year-old, probably punk kid, but I like, I'm proud of him. I know it sounds I'm proud of him because I don't really know him. I don't think he cares that I'm proud of him, but I'm proud that he didn't care about wearing his coat. He walked in a room. He didn't take his coat off for culture. 
So wherever he went, he had his coat on. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? What does the coat represent? It makes you different. So I wonder, are you courageous enough to wear your coat? A lot of times what I have found is God will show you about yourself, your direction. He'll, he'll talk to you about your inside. He'll talk to you about your calling. He'll talk to you about your life. He'll give you the favor. He'll show you things. He'll map out things. He'll speak to you. He'll give you guidance. He is a God of miracles. He's the God of mystery. He'll speak to you if you would allow him to. But what happens is someone will discourage you if you don't know clearly enough that you're called from God. If you have other voices in your life and you're okay, I'm going to take my coat off right now. And then they speak to you and it is so contrary to what God wants to speak in your life. Do you have people like that in your life? Sometimes they're toxic. Sometimes they're unhealthy. If it doesn't add up to the scriptures, I don't really want to hear it anymore. I'm at a place in my life, I know it sounds prideful, I'm just confident. I don't want to hear what people have to say if it's unhealthy and if it's negative and it's against my family and it's against me and it's against the God-given dream that God's placed on my life. All I need to hear are the couple voices that I really respect and trust in my life. And the number one voice is God. Because he'll speak to you about your dream. He'll tell you how to do things. He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you how to do it. And the more that you hear his voice, the more you understand, oh, I'm just different. I'm just walking in my calling. I'm just walking in the abilities that God has given me. But if you find people around you that discourage you and you don't have a clear enough understanding of who God is in your life that is greater than people, what will happen is, You'll start taking your coat off. And then you're ashamed to like just be the person God's called you to be. I'll be honest. I'm at a point in my life, I just don't care anymore. I used to. I still kind of do. But I really am getting to a point, I just don't care. Why? Because I have learned that when God calls you to something, if you try to be like someone else, it's not going to work. If you try to act like somebody, it's not going to work. If you try to walk like somebody, it's not going to work. You have to be and understand that God has given you something unique. And here's the thing. Your dream can start right here, right now. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in age. So right now, encourage yourself. You don't have to say it aloud. Maybe you do if you need to, but I will wear my coat. I tell myself that. I'm going to wear my coat. I want to be different. I know my brothers hate me for it. I know my family can't stand it. I know the, the friends around me think I'm weird. I know they like can't talk a certain way around me now, but I just, I'm going to wear my coat. And I'm not taking it off for culture. Even if people criticize me for it, I'm not ashamed to walk in the love and the favor of God. That's biblical because Joseph's father loved him unhealthily, if that's a word, in an unhealthy way, a little bit more than his other brothers. So, Joseph is walking in the favor of God. He's walking in the favor of his father, Jacob. And he's understanding that I'm not ashamed to walk like this. I'm not ashamed to talk like this. A dream will make you different. It takes so much courage to be different, by the way. I hope this is encourages you. When you get a dream from God, it will make you walk different. It will make you talk different. It will make you think different. It will make you eat different. It will make you drink different. It will make you party a little bit different. It will make you text other people different. And it will make you post different. 
Everywhere you go, what, how you talk, how you walk, how you reflect the image of God, you will be different. And the moment that you realize that God's made you different, you have to actually walk in that authority. Am I, am I talking to anyone? Is, is there anyone being encouraged? Because this encourages me. Yeah. I have to remind myself sometimes, it's okay to be different. Because God's called me to this. When you look at Jesus, get this. He was put on the cross because He was different. He was grace and truth. They didn't know what to do with Him. The Pharisees thought He was too graceful. The, his disciples didn't even really know what was going on. And then when He went on the cross, they said, we don't even know what to do. He said all this stuff. It's not going to work. He's just different. It doesn't make sense. That no one's accepting Him. He's just different. He's grace and truth. He's the lion and the lamb. He's just, He's different. Not different in style, but different in substance. This is really important. Not different in style, but different in substance. What I mean by that is, how, how is your character? And another way to say it spiritually is, how is your soul? Are you walking and understanding that when I read the scriptures, when God calls me to something, when I'm at work with my coworkers, when I'm talking to my wife, when I'm talking to my family, when I'm talking to my kids, I have to understand that everything that I need to do is in align with the God-given dream over my life. So I need to know what God says about it. I need to know how to walk in it. I need to know how to think in it. I need to understand that it's not the culture I want to follow, it's Jesus. I think this is funny. <laughs> Different because the set of values you have for your life and your family. But this is the funny part. Just going on a diet. I'm confessing because there's many people in the room that know me. But when I go on a diet, I really go on a diet. Like I go hard for it, okay? And, and here's the thing. What, what happens is they'll say, well, you're no fun anymore. Have you ever gone on a diet and then you're eating with your friends? You're not fun anymore. You want, you want salad? We're all getting pizza though. Like what's wrong with you? You're making me uncomfortable now. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> so what happens is we'll be ashamed of how to change our life, walk in our life because other people are uncomfortable. Because it discourages other people. Because it makes them feel uneasy. And we have to be so courageous and confident. If it's true for a diet, it's true for your destiny. If you're not careful, you will be conformed to the patterns of this world instead of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's culture. So when you're different, you follow that. It's really common to say, I'm sure we've all heard it, I've probably said it before, and I'm even learning right now as I process in this. God is speaking to me so much, it's really common to just say, follow your dreams. We've probably all said that at one point in time. Just follow your dreams. You know, go start the business, or go do this and go do that, and that's great. But the problem about following your dreams is maybe you want to be a musician, and like your mom told you that you sing really good, but you really don't. And then, and then you know, you go up and you audition for American Idol, and it's like, who, who told you that you could do that? So I'm talking about the distinctives. I'm talking about the unique. So somebody in your life, that's why community is really important. I've had people in my life when I just started speaking and preaching and I, had, I knew I had this dream. I didn't know if God was going to like 
giving me gifts for it. And so I just stepped into it. And then the more I did, I had people, pastors, mentors in my life could encourage me as I walked forward. You have a calling over your life. It is very clear. And I didn't know. I just needed to be reminded. I needed someone else to tell me. Those are this very specific, small set of people in my life that I really trusted. But you have to be real with the dream that God's given you. Because the problem is we look at Joseph's life and it's like, man, if you fast forward, we know kind of what happens. And I don't want to give it away. You can read and do your due diligence. But Joseph's dreams come true. He just didn't know it was going to look like that. I find this interesting. We have to remember that Joseph didn't give himself that dream. God did. There is no record in Genesis 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, and 45. There is no record that says, And Joseph remembered his dream, and he was able to push through. And he saw the stars, and he saw the sheaves, and he saw them bowing down, and he thought while he was in prison, while he was in a ditch, while he was running from Potiphar's wife, Oh, this is the dream. This is a part of it. There's no recollection in the scriptures of that. What that tells me is we shouldn't follow dreams then. We should follow Jesus. And watch this. When you do, when you follow Jesus, dreams will follow you. It's really, really evident all throughout the scriptures. The more that you follow Jesus, His character, how He tells us to speak to other people, emotional, healthy spirituality, how you deal with conflict, how you deal with love, how you deal with grace, how you deal with people that don't like you and you don't like them, but you know you should like them and you know it's hard because they don't like you. How you deal with all that type of stuff, when you look at the person of Jesus, He will lead you, He will guide you if you allow Him to. That's what I like about Joseph. Everywhere, I know I'm moving ahead, but this is big picture. Everywhere, the only thing that I saw is it said, and God was with Joseph. That tells me his presence was there. And every season, God was with Joseph. Joseph probably forgot about his dream pretty quickly when he was in the ditch. And then when he was in prison. And then in all the times that he was wrongly accused, he probably forgot about it. But he was following God. And that dream followed him. Every place in Joseph's life is following him. I call it the mystery of God. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I'm young, so I'm barely starting to understand it. I know there's people, I call them the gray hairs of my life, that can talk, come up here and tell you story after story. But could you look back and see that all the stuff that happened in your life led you to this point? All of the mistakes somehow got you to this point? That person that you met in college that you didn't really like, but they kind of liked you and they were like, hey, how you doing? Then you fast forward 10 years down the road and then they remembered you and they're like, hey, I got this position. Now I'm I'm like a business CEO guy and I want to hire you. And for some reason, if you just weren't in certain rooms, God, I call it the mystery of God. I'll never forget Kelly and I wanted to get a house in the city. We're just going to rent and we're devastated. And I was praying and I was fasting and I was walking around in circles and I was like, we're going to get this house, Kelly. God's going to bless us and it's going to work out. And then it didn't work and I was like man God what are you trying to say I was so because like we were trying to like it was just tough and then you fast forward COVID hit and I'm like dang I call that the mystery of God where if you just follow Jesus he'll take care of you dreams will follow you maybe you're walking in your dream right now maybe you're walking in it right now But you didn't know that it would be different. It's just different. (laughs) It's just different. I know there's people in the room that are dating. God bless you. 
I don't miss that, that, that phase. I really don't. Kelly and I talk about it a lot. We don't miss it at all. We enjoy being married. But I know there's people that are dating and even like maybe, maybe even are engaged, right? But you're in the dating phase and it's like, man, it's butterflies and it's beautiful and you just want to hug and kiss and it's like lovey and cuddly and you just want to hold hands all the time and it's amazing it's amazing we might get married who knows and there's like bible school thing ring by spring like it's just amazing and i don't i don't know it's like so hard to contain myself around you you're just like so good looking you're so beautiful and then you want to get married because that was that's the dream right it's the dream is there any, anybody that's been married for 20 plus years in the house? Mom, raise your hand. I know that's you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish, I wish you could come up here and tell us it's just different. Very. <laughs> Very, right? <laughs> Kelly and I have been married. It'll be seven years this December. It's just different. We're just, we're, it's not 20 years. But I just know that a dream, watch this. Please don't miss this. A dream will turn into a duty. A dream will turn into a responsibility. It's not all about the lights. And it's not all amazing all the time. And it's not all comfortable all the time. And when you get married, you're going to fight. And you're going to argue. And then, worship team, you guys can come up. And then, you see, <laughs> it just gets tough sometimes. Dreams are dangerous. Do you know that? Dreams are dangerous. I believe in dreams. I really do. I'd be a fool, I'd be a liar if I didn't stand up here and say, yeah, there's times where I feel like I've really followed my dreams, where I've pushed for it, where I've fought for it, where I prayed for it. I just believe that it's been a God-given dream. And if I'm being honest, I dreamed about you. In fact, there are people in this room that when I was in Bible school, I saw your faces. Only because I knew you. But I, I just knew if God's going to call me to this, I'm giving up everything. And when Kelly and I first started dating, when I came back, I was a mess in high school. There are people to attest to that. And I'll never I told Kelly, I said, hey, I just want you to know, it's just going to be different. I feel like the life God's calling me to, if you want to be on, on, on board with it, it's just going to look different. You know, it's just, it's just going to be different. She's different. She's different. And when I look in the room, I, I dreamt of you. But like, you're all different though. <laughs> different ethnicities, different social economical standings. Some people, again, are still trying to figure out if I'm talking about Joseph and Mary, not Joseph from the Old Testament. Like there's people that know the Bible, don't know the Bible, don't understand the Bible. There's people that have been in the room that have been abused, overly, emotionally, spiritually abused because of the Bible. And there's just different people here. And I'll be honest, when I was at that little chapel in Springfield, Missouri, and I had a dream, and I thought, okay, I, think, I know this is from God because I didn't want that. I wanted the house on the beach, and I, you know, I, I, know, it's from, I know this is from God. That's when you know it's from God, is when you're not like fully, you're still trying to process it. It hasn't really gravitated to you all that much. And I just knew, if God, if you're going to call me to it, then I know you'll provide for it. I know you'll lead me in it. I know you'll guide me in it. And that's been a work in process. It still is. But I wonder if there's people in the room that God gave you a dream and you're not seeing it and you're frustrated about it and you can't stand it and you don't like 
that other people were trying to step like kind of stepping into their dreams or getting that boyfriend or girlfriend you don't like that people are starting to get married you don't like that you know like god i just i had the dream and why like nothing's happening with the dream and i feel like i'm like trying to listen to you and i'm trying to pray to you and i'm trying to obey you and it's just nothing's happening it's just different see i believe that god develops dreams here it is in the dark room you can lower the lights just to make it special because this is a special moment I believe that God develops dreams in the dark room. I'm learning that. When Kelly says, Sammy, it's like three in the morning. Sammy, I fed Lenya already. And I know she's crying because of her diaper. Can you go change your diaper? And I get up after like the fifth and sixth time Kelly asks, right? And I'm like, yeah, Kelly. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 what, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong the first couple of nights? What's wrong, what happened? And Kelly's like just mom nature, and she was never a night person, and now she is, like instantly, as soon as Lenny cries. And, and, and I get up, and it's real dark. And I'm tired, I'm like walking in the room, and I don't want to turn the light on because it wakes Lenny up, and Kelly got mad at me for doing that once. <laughs> and I get her, and I pick her up, and I tell myself as I'm walking, this was the dream. This was the dream. You see, because when I got married, I was 21, I told Kelly, I want to have kids. When I was 21, we just got married. I said, I want to have kids, Kel, please. <laughs> she said, no, I want to finish college, and I want to do, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll honor you for it. But we will, right? Yeah. And we, it's been festering it up, and I've been excited, and I thought I was going to be a lot younger when I had my first kids, so that when I was older, I wasn't that much younger, but I'm really not that much older, and I'm like just working through it. And, and then we had Lenya, and I saw, and I was like, this was the dream. But no one, I mean, people told me. But then you walk in the dark place. And I pick up Lenya and I, I realize, man, it's not always going to be like this. But it's a dark place. And sometimes I'm like trying to wake up and it doesn't make sense. And I'm just trying to change your diaper. And I know that there's moments where I can hear Kelly through the monitoring just shooing her. Shh, shh, shh. And she's crying. And I look at the clock and I'm like, ah, she's still, like she's feeding her. I tell myself, this was the dream. The dream turns into a duty in a healthy way, a responsibility. When I'm changing her diaper and she looks at me and I know I tell myself, it's not always gonna be like this. I say, this was the dream. You see, some of God's greatest work happens in the dark room, in the unknown, in the uncomfortable, in the places that you're just trying to figure it out, in the really tough places, in the really low places. I have learned that's when God develops you the most. So you have a God-given dream, be okay to know in the dark places He will develop you. When it doesn't make sense, when it's really tough, when all the finances just fall, when all hell breaks loose, when COVID comes over your business, when you can't find work, just know God is developing you because you might very well be in the very middle of your dream and not even know it. So if you have a God-given dream, follow Jesus. You see, dreams are dangerous and if your eyes are not on God and they're on your dream or what you want or how you want it, you will miss what God is doing. Your eyes need to just be on, on Jesus. Because anything else will be distractions. Anything else will be Will you stand with me? Jesus, I pray over this room. I pray over people that have dreams. I pray that people would ask for God-given dreams. 
God, I pray that as we begin to just study in and to talk about this man named Joseph, this really courageous guy named Joseph, God, all, all the hard things, all the mess-ups, all the dark places, God, he just stayed faithful to you. And in his faithfulness, God, you took care of him and you blessed him. And he eventually saw the dream because dreams come true. It just looked different. So God, teach us right now, right in this moment, may we submit our dreams to you in return for your dream for us. Maybe you just have a rough, maybe it's just been a rough draft dream. We got to be okay with that. Maybe our dream is just to be a phenomenal mother, a phenomenal father, so that you can raise a world changer. You can raise someone that's going to carry on the legacy. Maybe that's the only God-given dream that God has for your life. Maybe your only job is just to serve those. To be a blessing to those. To take care of those. To support those. God, reimagine not our dream, but your dream for our lives. As we finish with worship, God, we submit to you. We love you. We're gracious for you. We ask that as we continue to walk in this, God, that you would remind people of how good you are, how loving you are, how graceful you are, and that we can keep our coats on and not ever take it off, that we can walk and just be different. In your name we pray. Amen.